swimmers and skippers, kids and kippers, and welcome once again to another amazingly aquatic episode of Tales with a Whale. Once again, I'm your host, the world's only marine mammal slash marine biologist and podcast host, Betty the Blue Whale. Thank you. Thank you very much. And as usual, we're recording our show down in the famous underwater studio at the bottom of the Pflugerville Ocean, where I'm backed by the amazing All Clam Jam Band and my very best friend and very best roving reporter, Bubbles the Seahorse. Well, howdy, Betty. Happy to be here. And happy to have you, Bubbles. Now, if you folks in the audience happen to be a fan of all the wonderful shows here at Go Kid Go, you might know me as the friend and sometimes sidekick to those tremendous twins, Xavier and Atlas, from the thrilling Whale of a Tale adventure series. Well, I've got my own show now, where we talk all about the sensational seas and the crew of crazy creatures that live in them. Since it's Wednesday, we have a very special location to talk about today. But you folks know what always comes first. That's right. It's another installment of my favorite segment, Cetacean Sensation. Where we talk all about sensational cetaceans. With demonstrations of our elation. But first, a question for all of you at home. Do you know what a whale's favorite type of gum is? It's blubber gum. <laughs> uh, get it? Ah, tough crowd today, I guess. All right, moving on with the show. Today, we are going to talk about why orcas are called killer whales. It does need mentioning that they must have the best PR guy in the ocean because orcas are incredibly popular animals, even though they're typically referred to as killer whales. What a feat of branding! But anyway, orcas got the name killer whale from Spanish sailors a long time ago, who observed them hunting larger whale species in pods. They called them Asesina ballena, which means whale killer. And somewhere along the way, this got flipped to killer whale. Now for the confusing part. The orca is actually more dolphin than whale. That's right. Technically speaking, the orca is the largest of all the dolphins and not a whale at all. But because they have teeth, they do fall under a subcategory of stations called a toothed whale. So, which is it? Dolphin or whale? The answer is that the orca really is classified as a dolphin, even though we refer to it as a killer whale. This is why a lot of scientists are trying to use their actual name, the orca, just to eliminate some of that confusion. But if you really want to get out of the dolphin-whale debate, just call them a cetacean. Can't go wrong there. And that music from the All Clam Jam Band means it's time to move on to our next segment. Since it's Wednesday, that means it's time for another installment of... Underwater Mystery Theater! Today, we are exploring a saltwater inlet in the Indian Ocean between Africa and Asia called the Red Sea. Wow, it's actually red. 
It's true. Well, it's true sometimes anyway. Usually, the Red Sea is a beautiful tropical turquoise color. But sometimes there's an abundance of red algae that grows and can give the Red Sea, well, a reddish hue, which is how it earned its name. It is surrounded on its shores by mostly desert, but don't let the barren land fool you. The Red Sea is one of the most ecologically diverse and exciting regions in the ocean. It is home to over a thousand different types of fish. And one of the coolest parts about the Red Sea is that nearly 10% of these species are endemic to the Red Sea, which means they aren't found anywhere else on the planet. It is also home to over a thousand invertebrates and around 400 different types of coral. In fact, this coral is what makes the Red Sea so biologically diverse. There are over 1,240 miles of coral reef along the Red Sea's coastlines, and these reefs are between 5,000 and 7,000 years old. Well, that's a real historic home those fish have there. The Red Sea is not only home to coral reef, but also to other habitats like mangrove forests, salt pans, and seagrass meadows. Even so, it is also the most saline of any of the seas, which is to say, it's really salty. You may remember from one of our previous episodes that the Dead Sea, not to be confused with the Red Sea, is one of the most saline bodies of water in the world. But the Dead Sea is technically a lake, while the Red Sea is a sea in the truest sense of the word, in that it is connected to an ocean. The Red Sea's salinity clocks in at 3.6 to 4.1%, which is pretty darn high when you consider that the Pacific Ocean caps out at 3.5%. But the inhabitants of the sea don't mind, and neither do divers, who flock from all over the world to see the resplendent natural elegance of the Red Sea. And why else do divers love it? Well, the Red Sea is the northernmost tropical sea in the world, and as such, it stays a very comfortable 79 to 86 degrees in the summertime. That's like a really nice bath. Sure is the prettiest bath I've ever been in. The Red Sea is sometimes called the Garden of Eden because of how breathtakingly beautiful it is and is considered by most to be one of the underwater wonders of the world. This also makes it an especially attractive destination for scuba divers. Because the Red Sea is so important to tourism and to divers, there have been concentrated efforts to maintain its natural beauty. Even so, there are people living around the Red Sea who require desalinated water for a living, which means there are desalination plants places where they take the salt out of the water, all around the Red Sea. These plants are known to dump harmful substances back into the water, which can in turn bleach and kill coral and cause diseases in the fish that live there. As well, divers must be careful swimming in the Red Sea as their actions can cause damage to the ocean habitats. Still, the Red Sea is currently thriving and so are all the creatures living in it. Well, that music means it's time for the end of another show. 
Thank you so much for joining me today, everyone. We always love having you. And special thanks to the All Clam Jam Band. And, of course, to Bubbles. Wouldn't miss it for the world, Betty. And remember, folks, if you enjoyed this show, why not check out all of our other great shows available from Go Kid Go. There's always plenty of cool content to check out wherever you get your podcasts. Before I go, I have one last question. How do you cut the ocean in half? With a seesaw. (laughs) I thought that was funny. Thanks again, folks. So long and happy swimming. Woohoo! Go, kid, go.